Hi everyone, welcome to Monash. My name is Dr. Susie Ho. I'm the Deputy Associate Dean of Education in the Faculty of Science and I teach Environment and Sustainability. And I'm Peter Van Dyke. Uh, I'm an Associate Professor in the Monash Business School and I'm the Course Director for the Bachelor of Business Administration which is down at the Peninsula Campus in Frankston. Okay, welcome. So can you both tell me what we're going to talk about today? Absolutely. Well, we're going to provide some advice to you on how to get the most out of your studies here at Monash and give you a bit of an overview of all the amazing facilities, resources and support that we can provide. And hopefully provide you some tricks to the trade, as in things to avoid yes. and practices to uh, make sure you do. Okay, so starting off, can you tell me a bit about independence and self-directed learning at Monash and what that means? Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to give you a, a bit of advice to get the very most out of your studies here at Monash. I really recommend that you go into your studies with a proactive mindset and start to build a self-directed learning mindset. So for example, we would encourage you to take full advantage of all the resources, tutorials, consultations, student associations and other opportunities here at Monash. And most of all, we'd love you to get involved actively involved in, in your sessions with educators. So we often hear that employers really value a proactive mindset in their employees and thus, you know, think of university as that opportunity to develop your capacity for independent uh, learning. In many of your classes, there are gonna be lots of excellent opportunities for discussion, teamwork, peer-to-peer -peer learning and collaboration with your educator in the learning space. What we've seen from the education literature is that the this is really great for you. It really deepens your understanding. So even if you're feeling a little bit shy at first, I'm going to encourage you to get involved in class and in a little bit more of an interactive learning approach that, than you might have encountered before. And if you're feeling a little shy, please ask your educator how they can help you to get further involved because we're absolutely here to support you and to welcome you. Absolutely. Going to university is a wonderful opportunity, not just to grow as a, an adult, but to learn and become more aware of the world around you and practice the skills that, that help you grow as a professional, whatever you choose to do. But one of the pitfalls is the independence, is that you come along, you think, well, no one's checking whether I'm here, whether I'm going, what I'm thinking, no one's telling me what to do. And that's the challenge, is to make sure you go, discipline yourself, become responsible, and you'll get everything you need out of coming to university. When are students expected to attend university? What is a lecture? What is a tutorial? And how many contact hours are they expected to be here? Well, business usually prescribe, or they're, they're avoiding prescribing a minimum amount of hours now for a unit, but there's generally one hour lecture, two hour tutorial generally, or three hours per, per unit per semester. Um, but that can, that the, what you need to successfully complete a unit might require less or more, it all depends on you, the content, but we just attend to what you need to attend to. So lectures are very valuable, you learn so much, we'll talk about lectures in a minute, but um, mm. it, it's, it's, it's different in the science faculty. Absolutely, so the number of contact or face-to-face -face hours that you will experience are gonna differ a bit depending on your particular disciplinary area and your specific units that you choose. Um, some quick tips, you can use what we call the Monash class timetable tool to actually search for any unit at Monash to find out when it's scheduled, the number of hours and even get your room information. Units have contact hours or face-to-face -face classes. 
there are also some expectations, as Peter said, about the independent work that you're going to do in addition to this. And this independent work may include things like pre-class work, like readings, videos, online quizzes, teamwork, or actually just developing your assessment tasks. Overall, students are expected to contribute approximately 12 hours per week to each unit, and that covers both your face-to-face -face classes, but also this self-directed independent learning that you'll do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In the Monash Business School, there are many units that, that have used the, the pre-class approach where you do an amount of work prior to class in preparation, understanding the content or doing some exercises and preparing for the class. Then you do in-class work to help develop the understanding and those skills that are associated with that particular topic. And then some post-class exercises, it might be assignment or something else, to reinforce that learning. So there's more than one way to, uh, to, to learn at Monash and that's the, I think one of the great things that you have so many different approaches and you'll see some similarities between science and, and business but you'll also see some stark differences. Um, but, but we're all moving in the similar direction of trying to engage students, get them involved, build skills and create a wonderful student experience for you. Absolutely. And across the different units you take, you're going to um, experience lots of different learning approaches which really strengthens you and makes your learning exciting and diverse. Um, we know that from the literature that different approaches are more effective for developing particular skills. So for example, if you are developing leadership skills, the unit might be taught differently to the more technical scientific units. So try to keep an open mind, try to think about what sort of skills you want to develop through this new learning approach you might be experiencing. A lot of growth is going to happen for you this way, both academically and personally. So in the science faculty, just to give you an example, some of the units might be experience-based through field trips, others might be more lab-based, developing technical capacity, and some are discursive, they're discussions of case studies to hone your problem-solving skills. Absolutely, and, and business school is no different. We try and adopt a, a, a broad variety of approaches and just even when we're talking about a lecture, we, we, a lecture isn't simply a one hour or two hour uh, dialogue delivered to you, but it's, it's often wanting you to get involved, engaged, ask questions, contribute. You, can, you make con contribution to your classmates' learning, your own learning, and even sometimes the lecturer or tutor will learn from you. So we do have some classes that have one hour lecture, two hour tutorials, two hour lectures, one hour tutorials, one and a half lectures, hour lectures, one and a half hour tutorials, or three hour workshops, laboratories, or whatever. So there's more than one way to do this, but they all have the similar approach of trying to engage you, trying to provide you the content that you need to develop an understanding, and then reinforce that understanding and build skills. Absolutely. And when you get involved in the classroom, I think this really helps you develop professionally into someone who's comfortable speaking, um, who is comfortable contributing ideas, and it develops you so much more than in pure sort of acad academic zones. So uh, I guess the main advice is don't be afraid to get involved and let us know how we can help you get involved. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the great pieces of advice we can provide you is, is simply get involved yeah. and explore everything that's around you. And don't do it just to tick off a box or satisfy the requirements, but do it to actually make a contribution to your life. And in doing that, you'll make a contribution to the profession you choose and the lives of others that you're involved with. So can you both tell me what the benefits are of attending university on campus? and if there are alternative options for students. Absolutely, I think 
where we take a lecture, for instance, as they, they're changing in shape and, and form, I think it's important because you can miss out on a great learning opportunity and also interacting with your peers. Um, lectures, as I said, are becoming a lot more interactive, engaging. They are also a great mechanism or, or media through which assignment details are shared, assessment details, um, standards are conveyed. Um, but if you can't make them, whether you're sick or incapacitated or have a flat tyre, many of them, if the classroom uh, gives you the capacity, they will record them and have them online, which are accessible during your, uh, generally through your Moodle site, your subject or unit Moodle site. So what is Moodle for students that don't know? Moodle is our um, learning management system that we use at Monash, and on that site you have everything that you need to at least start studying in a particular unit. It'll give you a reading list, it'll give you a unit guide, it'll give you expectations in regards to attendance, uh, assignment, assessment and involvement and engagement, and there might be a discussion forum where you can ask questions of other students and other things. So they're, they're wide and they're varied and many people are using them more creatively than they used to. There could be videos embedded in Absolutely. them, there could be other documents embedded in them, but it, it is your go-to place. So if, if you can't get on class to an information session, go to your Moodle site. Uh, and it's always advisable to look at your Moodle site before you ask your lecturer or tutor a question. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I would recommend that everyone gets into the practice of checking in with their Moodle sites at least twice a week. Educators will be posting out announcements and updates, so it's really important to engage with that to stay up to date. Absolutely. And what about student emails? Student emails will be uh, either sent from um, the, the lecturer or tutor's personal address or through Moodle, but it'll only go to their Monash email. So check your Monash email. As many times we have students that will uh, email us from their, their personal accounts or say they don't, don't check their Monash accounts and we missed out on important information about assessment. Um, but Monash has made it very clear at your enrolment they'll only communicate with you through the, either in emergencies, the phone number that you provided or your Monash email. It's critical, that Monash email address. So can you explain to me a bit about what a unit guide is and what's accessible on Moodle for students? Sure. Um, I might start off with the course handbook. So whether you're studying a Bachelor of Arts or Business or Science, there'll be a handbook entry which is your go-to for key information on what we call the course requirements or those units or majors. Uh, that you need to complete in order to qualify to graduate. So when you're first starting out, it's really important to understand your course requirements when you commence your degree. From there, each particular unit has a handbook entry and this shows the prerequisites for the units, the topics it's going to cover and the assessment types. And here's a handy hint, from the unit handbook page, you can click a link to see the unit guide, which Peter spoke about. And from this, you're going to get a really deep sense, again, of the types of assessments, the due dates, the contact hours, the learning approaches and styles and the topics in your unit. So the unit guide is your go-to resource for your unit, even before you start. So it's well worth checking out the unit guide for each of your units before you start each semester. It contains all the information you need to understand the unit and get started. And from there, we move into Moodle. Absolutely, but the unit guide also provides some critical information in regards to academic conduct, expectations and support services if you need it. So if you need help in, in uh, learning skills or uh, need to understand our policy a little bit more, there's key links to those policies in the unit guide. 
which help you get a full awareness of what's available for you as a student, your responsibilities as a student, and our responsibility to you as a student. Absolutely. And if you need help at any time with understanding your course, uh, you can drop into student services in your faculty, and there are staff there who can provide course advice to you at any time. Generally, there aren't. Uh, appointments are not necessary. You can drop in, and they can help you with things like selecting units or giving you advice. Um, for specific unit advice, including advice in, on, on assessments or topics you've talked about in class, please do reach out to your unit coordinators or your educators in your units. They really are there to assist you and actually enjoy re receiving your questions, so go for it. Yeah, and it's simple. If you don't know, ask. Yes, absolutely. And, and then you'll know. And we are, we might look unapproachable, we are generally approachable. <laughs> and we are most willing to help. We really are. And I don't, I've, I haven't met too many academics that aren't willing to help the student. So can you tell me a bit about what happens in tutorials and if it's compulsory to attend, if attendance is graded and uh, students expected to ask questions in them. Sure. Generally, tutorials are where you develop an understanding of the topic material through discussions, exercises, teamwork, and asking questions about things you don't understand. Different departments or different faculties have different approaches, so you'll always come across something a little different in regard to expectations about attendance, participation, and assessment. Some will use weekly assessment tasks, some will use team presentations, and some will use written assignments. We're seeing more and more different kinds of assessment to help you understand the material and to get engaged with the subject. Some subjects will give marks for attendance, but most generally do. So for tutorial participation activities, as I said before, linked to a learning exercise or experience. But uh, tutorials are changing. Lecture, when you've got tutorials, they're there to help you understand, build skills, and become more um, attractive as a prospective employee. Absolutely. And even though most of the tutorials may not have attendance requirements, you're definitely building up the skills to then be able to do that final exam or that next Absolutely. assignment. So it's definitely um, to your advantage to go along and get involved. One of the funniest things in a lecture is you, you see a name on a, on a student list, John Henry, all year he doesn't show up, and then two hours before the exam, please sir, can you tell me what's on the exam? Well, I've been telling you every week for the last 12 or 13 weeks, I can't tell you it now. So please refer to the tutorial notes, your student guide or unit guide, and, and your lecture notes, because we do tell you what you need to do. So how does a student know what type of assessment will be used? Assessment or assignment details are generally communicated through the unit guide. At times, these are supported with more detailed explanation on the unit's Moodle site or in lectures and tutorials. Now, assignments or assessment pieces can come in the, in the form of quizzes, exams, essays, presentations. Um, it could be a, a practical exercise, putting together a poster. It could be a whole host of things. And, and as we're going and looking for more opportunities to engage students, these are becoming more creative and out of the box. And you have, might have to create a video in one of my units, we get you to do a Zoom call as part of business communication. So, and it's recorded. So there's many opportunities for you to do different types of assessment that actually contribute to your professional skill portfolio. And in order to understand the expectations of an assessment task, you'll usually be provided with what we call a rubric or a marking guide that really neatly lays out uh, the uh, components of each assessment task for you. And of course, you're free to talk to us 
um, in order to interpret that at any time. Absolutely. And are all these university assignments completed individually or is there group work involved? Well, in most units there is a mix of individual and team-based assignments. Team-based assignments help demonstrate a number of important employability skills such as negotiation, communication, collaboration and conflict resolution, also goal setting, and some really key benefits from that. Um, but, but generally, there are, there are a broad range of them. Absolutely right. And in most workplaces, you're going to be part of a team. So it's really important to seize this opportunity to practice working in teams during your university studies. And I found that one of the most enjoyable parts about doing university work was working with others and building relationships. Absolutely. And I still remember it till today. I think that was the most, if I went back and talked about my university experience, that was the best thing, the most fun I had out of it. Collaboration, not yep. collusion, yes. collaboration. And it was just so wonderful. I just, and, and you should enjoy it too. And you, you build friendships that last a lifetime. Some of the people that I did group work with in my undergraduate science degree, I now work with them professionally. And it, you know, it's a wonderful way to meet your future professional network. Absolutely. If students are having difficulty or need advice or assistance with their units and assessment tasks, where do you think they can find help? Great. Well, there are actually lots of different ways you can get help at Monash. So I'm going to encourage you to reach out whenever you're feeling like you're experiencing difficulties. Sometimes the trick as a student is to try to understand who to go to for the different sorts of uh, support that you might need. So in your campus centre, there are various services and teams who can help with issues like health and wellbeing, counselling, financial concerns and visa inquiries. And we strongly encourage you to make full use of these. So ask your course coordinator as well if you're unsure who to reach out to. Monash Connect and student services in your faculty are great for administrative style queries like scholarships or course duration. Monash Connect are for high university level matters and general queries, things like student cards. And you can visit them at any time that suits you in your campus centre. Student services are a little more bespoke to your course and your faculty, and your unit coordinator is another source of help for unit queries like assessments or due dates or how you're tracking in a unit. You may have a course coordinator or a director who can help you with overarching academic decisions like unit selections or academic progress issues. And I will say, of course, your peers and the student associations and clubs you join are gonna be a crucial part of your support network and your journey. And I have no doubt they're going to be a huge source of support and inspiration for you. So we strongly encourage you to get involved with your course, course cohort as well. They can be a huge support. If you're finding you're having difficulties with a particular assessment, it's great to take advantage of the various support services at Monash, even beyond your educators in the unit. So the Monash libraries actually provide workshops which you can book into at any time and you can even book one-on-one -on -one sessions with a learning skills advisor to run through a particular problem that you're having. Now English Connect are our award-winning team who can support you in developing your language skills if that's an area of interest for you for both written assessments and your career ahead and they come highly recommended by many of our international students. So to give you some examples you can do conversational sessions um, to work on your spoken language or focus upon particular written assessment tasks. In addition, do check out Career Connect and learn how to write fantastic resumes or job applications or even practice your interviewing skills later in your degree. 
And I think, you know, the main message is reach out. The help is there. It's award-winning help. All of these things are there to help you and, and really will set you up for success. Yeah, I agree, Susie. I think um, the standard of help that these students have provided, each time I get engaged with it, involved with it or see it, I'm blown away by how good it is. And, and I'm also always encouraged by the willingness of our academic staff to, to be, a, and, and in between that level, uh, the university level and, and um, the student. Now many, and we know that our peers are great um, networks and, and can help us see things from a different perspective and, and a wonderful way of identifying some opportunities for help. So they are good too, but sometimes you need to check with those people that may be marking your work or maybe judging the, the quality of your work, seek their advice too. So sometimes we hear, my friend said this and unfortunately they're misguided. And sometimes it's really good to check with those that are there to help you and they want to help you. In fact, their job is there to help you. So go and see them, it's, you, you won't regret it. You're not, you're not being any lesser of a person or a student by doing it, just go, they're there to help, they're wanting to help and you'll come back a much better um, scholar. Can you please both explain to me what exactly academic referencing is in assessments? So academic references is one of the topics that causes students and staff alike much difficulty in, in managing it, conveying expectations around it and um, assessing it. So simply academic referencing is more than just an annoying technical skill. There's a process by which you as an author, when you write an essay, give credit to someone for influencing your thoughts and arguments about a particular topic. It is also a great way to demonstrate the level of effort you've had made or you've made in preparing your assignment. It reflects the work you put in and the thought that you and the investment that you've made in your thinking. Referencing records the number, the type and range of resources you have used to form your opinions about the topic of the assignment. You can also think about academic writing as an ongoing conversation about a topic and using a reference to recognise a contribution of others to that conversation, just like I recognise Susie's contribution to the conversation we're having today. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it's more than one thing. It's not just something that you tick a box over. It's something that really can contribute to the quality of your work, the quality of your thinking and due recognition. Also where many people get caught out as appropriate referencing also prevents you being accused of academic misconduct by plagiarising the work of others and claiming it as your own. There are some great resources provided online and by the library that can help you avoid this mistake. Failing to appropriately reference and recognise the work of others can lead to a failed assignment and sometimes being referred to an academic discipline process. I would recommend you jump online and go to Research Skills Online there's a wonderful tutorial called, called Demystifying, Citing and Referencing. And it's a great entry point if you're new to this. All of the libraries also do workshops early in the semester so that you are comfortable with citing and referencing. And also, this is a real, and they'll, they'll help you, but you need to get familiar with the style of referencing. Absolutely. Some people, some staff, right or wrong, get very concerned about full stops and commas being in the right place because there's a particular approach. But science has a different approach to, to business. We like the APA, which is the American Psychological Association format. Uh, you might be Harvard or... Yes, no. sometimes CSIRO as well. Or um, what's the other one, the other medical one? There's a number of them. There's lots of them. So if you go and do a unit in, in science and you're a business student, be mindful of the referencing technique. 
Absolutely. And the referencing style for a particular unit will usually be listed in the unit guide. Absolutely. That unit guide, there it is again, one of the most important pieces of information you'll have. Why does a full stop in academic referencing matter and is that all graded? I think, I think it's, um, it's attention to detail. Some people think if you're going to do the job, you do it right. I think quality-wise, from my perspective, you can cut this out and speak to some people, they probably would disagree with me. I think if you demonstrate the quality, and this is what I want to see, that you've actually used the reference as well, that you've used it to invest in your thinking, in your contribution, I think that's wonderful. But if you really want to think about it, it's like building a house. If you're going to have bricks, you may as well have them straight. <laughs> the house, the wall's going to hold up if it's crooked, but it looks much better if it's correct. That's simply it. Absolutely. And in academia and a whole range of other careers, um, there are expectations of referencing. So when we focus on referencing in your units, we're trying to get you to uh, apply the same level of rigour that we'd expect of a professional. And I think that's a great way of putting it. It's about professionalism. It's about doing a job right. Even though if you think it's silly, you do it right anyway. What happens if you submit your assignment late or if you become ill and can't complete it on time? Well, in the business faculty, generally the rule is that if it's a 10% penalty on the mark, you are going to get per day late. If you're sick, you can, you can request a special consideration and an extension for the due date. And, and uh, accompanied with a medical certificate or some other kind of evidence, if it's a personal trauma or such, we're more than happy to, to satisfy or do that for you. I don't know if it's different in the science faculty. Um, the same in the science faculty, so I think mostly it's the 10% penalty per day, okay, yeah. yeah, including weekends. Just always check the unit guide. Yes. Word count usually means plus or minus 10% is the general rule of thumb. Um, we know that you've done poor work if you've, if you've provided too many words, you've over-explained, you haven't done your work, you've, you're using uh, what we call a, a mind dump rather than uh, a succinct development of argument or thought or too few words indicates you've done too little work. So it all depends on the, on the marker often. It does. And in some of your units, you might find that there's a maximum page limit rather than a word count. Yeah, well, we, we usually go word count, but yeah. Are there internship or work experience requirements associated with some degrees and what do they look like? Well, in the business faculty, we have um, what we call capstone units for all our courses. And so those capstones can look at uh, differently in a number of levels. One can be an international study tour, it can be a work integrated learning experience, we do fundamentally an internship, or it can be a workplace project or some other kind of project. So there's a, there's a broad range of opportunities to have a capstone experience, but we all have capstone experiences in our courses now. Absolutely, that's similar to science. So we have internships you can take, employability skills units that you can take, um, and you have some choice around which sort of work integrated learning yep. program you would like. And that's a great thing. You can curate your own experience again. That's a wonderful thing about Monash. And does Monash help find these internships? And what's so valuable about getting real world experience? There's, there's a number of benefits of it. And yes, Monash can help you get them. You can find your own, but it still has to meet the standards and expectations of Monash. There's two key benefits, or three. Um, one, experience, getting building job experience, real world experience, exposing you to a profession that you may or may not want to engage with. I've seen presentations where students said, I wanted to go and become an accountant or an auditor or a, a HR person, uh, but experiencing this for the last three months or whatever it was, 
uh, I don't want to do that anymore. And so that's one great thing. And another benefit is that you actually, yes, this is the job I want. And yes, I've done such a good job, they've offered me a graduate role at the end of it. So there's a number of benefits and it's getting to meet people, build networks, job opportunities, maybe not initially, but secondary. There's lots of, lots of benefits. Absolutely. It gives you that familiarity or taste of the work environment. As Peter says, you can get a strong sense of whether this suits you and the way you'd like to work, whether it represents the work culture that you enjoy. Um, in addition, you're building up those extra what we call transferable or employability skills, things like teamwork, yeah. uh, communication, really important in the work environment. You'll build those skills in your degree, but this gives you a chance to actually apply them in the real world. And employers love to see that you've had a bit of experience out there. Yeah, it, it supports the transition from student to professional. So with all of this, how do you recommend students manage and cope with the workload? And are there any services available at Monash to help? There's two, two key parts to that question, and I'll only say something very briefly, but I have a slide at open day, when I do an open day or orientation presentation, one of the two that says, we, we, you know what works for you, because there's many approaches mm. that you can take that will actually work for you, the way you manage your time, the way you manage your work, the way you think through things, but we, all, we also know what doesn't work for you. And so not attending, not reading, not becoming aware of what's required doesn't work. Getting involved, um, attending to what's needed does work, but the way you do that is varying. Um, but there's also, if it gets too much, there's plenty of services that we've touched on already mm. to help you uh, develop academic skills, to um, provide mental health support, um, physical support, health. There's lots and lots of things. I'll... Absolutely right. Um, when you're getting started in your first semester, I would recommend actually sitting down and planning out your semester. So go ahead and note down in your diary or Excel um, the classes that you have for each week and note down all the due dates and make sure you read your unit guide to get this information. So at the start of the semester, actually map out and block out time in your calendar for developing each assessment. So I think it's a great idea to make sure that you're putting time aside um, amongst your paid work or your social and sport activities for completing work and really planning that out ahead of all your deadlines. Keeping on track is also about engaging with Moodle at least a couple of times a week where the educator is going to help you and remind you and provide tips to make sure you're up to date. There are also lots of great resources on Moodle to help you, lots of um, support videos, rubrics and so, so on. My key piece of advice is where we see students sometimes struggle is when they stop submitting assignments. So if you keep on top of your assignments throughout the semester, um, keep up your study routine each week, submit all of the, your pieces, you will absolutely stay on track. So it's being engaged with your classes, but also being on top of your assessments and making sure you're getting those submissions in. As I mentioned earlier, I do highly recommend when you're starting out, when you're getting settled at Monash, identifying some workshops to undertake at the library or English to Connect to really put you um, on your, you know, in a really good place getting started. So for example, uh, there are workshops on how to write an essay, how to find an academic publication using a database, how to complete a literature review. Even um, a general research skills session is really, really uh, valuable. So go for it. Uh, and particularly in your first semester, this is the time to do it. The most important advice is if you're feeling stressed or behind or you'd like some academic support, the support is there. Um, don't hesitate to reach out. And I'll just say that the counselling services are really amazing and I highly recommend 
making a free appointment to talk with them about anything that's on your mind if you're feeling stressed during any point in semester. It's actually great to talk to someone about how you're feeling and you can develop together some strategies you can then go ahead and use to make your transition smoother. And many, many students do, involve, do use our counselling services and highly recommend them. Likewise, do speak to our library learning skills advisor. You can actually bring in a task you're working on and get that one-on-one -on -one help. And the tutors and educators in your course are always there as well. And that will all help you stay on track. So get on top of it early, make sure you're submitting everything and you're going to have a great experience. And I think that's wonderful advice and all I can add to it, probably not even add to it, just talk to us. Yes, Just absolutely. talk to us. We're here, we're yeah, here to help. Absolutely. Just, just make yourself visible so we can see and reach out and help you when you need to. And that's all it is. Thank you both so much right. for your time today. And I'm sure this will be very useful for all the international students. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. No, you're welcome.